Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. Today's episode, Change, Turning Resistance into Resilience. And this is part of our Soft Skills series, where we're looking at empathy in business, we're looking at persuasion, not manipulation in our writing and communication skills, leading complex projects with clarity, and today, change, turning resistance into resilience, because change is that it's hard to adjust and there is heightened emotions involved and how we communicate it to others and to ourselves is really important. So as you start the new year, uh, for many of you, that might mean change on a personal note, as an example, maybe you're making that commitment to be more fit or to lose weight. And on the professional side, haven't you and your teams been dealing with a lot of change? There's been remote, hybrid, working from the office, working from the home, the new technology, the new roles. It's funny because it doesn't seem like that long ago where a conference call meant that we were in a meeting room and we were all focused on this three-pronged device in the middle of a table. And now that just feels like like using a typewriter and then faxing it off to give a to send a message to someone. So change is hard to adjust, and this could lead to our expressions of resistance and anxiety. And what we're going to talk about today is the tools to be able to confidently deal with the change and be able to help yourself and help others to turn those feelings of resistance into resilience. And as we said, empathy is key here for yourself and for the others, because uh, change is not easy, and it's not a box that could be checked. So what is change? Um, think of the of example of like a new laptop. Um, you're all excited. You're getting a new laptop. Now, of course, you are probably very happy with your old laptop in the sense that it was comfortable. You knew where everything was, but you've reached that point where it's just time to upgrade. So the emotions are, yeah, yay, new laptop. Wow, new, different, exciting, positive. And then the negative emotions start to come in, right? That you're, this, mm, this could be uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know where everything is. This is actually kind of hard. Um, I'm I'm very anxious about this because we are creatures of comfort. We are very comfortable with what we know. So thinking of this idea of this new laptop, uh, this new technology, and again, going back to that typewriter, the typewriter was so common for so long, but would you use that typewriter now and send off a fax? No. So what change is, it means... I must give up something to get something. For example, I had to give up that old familiar laptop. I have to unlearn. So I have to unlearn, for example, what I knew about those old programs. I have to adjust to things that are going to be very different. And what all this means is that I had to temporarily give up my cushion of comfort. So I was speaking with a friend that I was going to be doing this podcast about change and they want to share with me, well, oh, change. Well, that's great because that is actually their word for 2023. It was change. Uh-huh. So I asked, well, that is a great goal, which it is. And then I asked, well, how are you going to get there? How are you going to make that happen? And then there was silence. And Jesse, my friend, said, well, you know, I I just want to make change changes this year. I, I should start doing something or else I'm going to be in the same position. So this is optimistic that they want to make change, that the challenge is making that now attainable because just saying the word change, it's too big. It's too much. 
you need to break this down. But we're going to come back to the story of Jesse. Because there are two kinds of change. The ones that we initiate, as Jesse just did, uh, like I'm going to want to make uh, change happen. Or what happens to us, like in many organizations, for example, changing technology. And so one of the things, you know, we have to understand about change is the heightened emotions involved. So speaking of changing technology, uh, for so many organizations, that's a common what's happening. Uh, so IT might come in and explain the new technology as, hey, everyone, this is going to make your life simpler because you're going to be able to. And all everyone's initial thoughts are, oh, no, I was just getting the hang of the previous system. And yes, even though everybody complained about the old system being slow, non-intuitive, etc., somehow it seemed clear that change would be welcomed. Well, what one organization did successfully, and many organizations now do this, is they created something called the Ambassador Program. And so when dealing with change within your organization, this was a great way to do this. It was to find the champions within your organization. And those champions are, uh, a, in other words, a safe place uh, for people to come up to them. So these are not, this is not your boss. This is not your mentor. This is not your coach. This is the, the ambassador program for, the, for within the, the program. And as we were working with the ambassadors to help with their communication and how they're going to communicate this, one of the keys that was really interesting for them was the idea of empathy. And the reason why this was uh, an interesting idea was that because the ambassadors were chosen because they understood the technology. They loved this idea of this new technology. They could see how this was going to make uh, their lives easier, uh, simpler. It was going to be a faster program. And the excitement of this new program, the speed, the more memory, but then not realizing the anxiety that quickly sets in when we get to that anticipation, the anxiety of this transition. So people were thinking, well, how am I going to get up to speed? How am I going to feel comfortable again with a new system? What happens if I'm in a meeting? What happens if I'm in front of a client? What happens if I'm in front of uh, a coworker, a colleague, an employee, and I don't know how to use this? I'm going to look uh, silly. So we want to think of this as when we think of change, we want to think of three states. We want to think of the present state, the transition, the future, or the new present, basically. Let's give another example here as we talk about these three different states. Let's think of this as moving, because talk about a big change in life is when you are going to move. So in the present state, you are where you are, you're comfortable, you know where everything is, uh, you know the neighborhood, the community, it's comfortable. You maybe have been living there for a while, you understand it. And then we get to that part of the transition, which is when the, backs, the boxes start being packed up, um, the paintings start coming off the walls, and the place starts to look very different. The reality starts to set in that this will no longer be your level of comfort. So the transition state, and that's where the stress starts to build up because we start now thinking about the future state. Now, physically, you know what it's going to look like, where you're going to move to. You saw it, you purchased it or renting it or decided on it. Yet, all the questions start coming in. Where will the grocery store be? Where will the cafe be that I want to hang out? What will the community be like? What will my neighbors be like? Will, will, the, will the school be nearby? Uh, what, will think, what will things be like there? Will it, how different will it be? And so we start asking ourselves all that and the anxiety starts to build up about the future because we don't know what's going to be there. It's a story that we're telling ourselves. 
as we talk about resilience, let's do that. Let's talk about the future and let's get to resilience. Think about one year from now and the habit you were hoping to build that year didn't stick. Remember Jesse and they said they wanted change to happen? Well, what is most likely the reason that it failed? Let's take a commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll share the cycle of change. Congratulations. You're on the path to leadership excellence by listening to this special podcast series on presentation skills. At The Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company, we want to help you develop skills in a way that is purposeful and impactful. If you or someone on your team wants to improve their leadership skills, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why we've developed interactive and engaging leadership packages, each consisting of multiple courses, individualized leadership coaching, and other resources. To support leaders at all levels, we've created four leadership packages, each specially designed to improve a leader's skills in a particular area. Lead with trust. Lead effective and collaborative teams. Lead with executive presence. And lead your presentations. Leaders will be engaged and learning from our proprietary, instructor-led training and grow as part of our community of like-minded leaders. To learn more about our leadership packages, go to greatcanadiantraining.ca or email us at info at greatcanadiantraining.ca and mention Leadership Package in the subject line. We're back. We're in the future. We've set into that time machine. We've gone to a year from now. And we're looking ahead and that habit that you were hoping to build that year didn't stick. As we said, remember, Jesse, they wanted change to happen. And why did it fail? Well, when it comes to change, it's important to see that there's a disconnect. And this is often called, as I just said before the commercial break, the cycle of change. But let me break it down into three big events here for you. Discontent, fear, and amnesia. And this is going to take us to resilience. And we're going to see the moment where you can build your resilience. So we have to understand the change cycle so that we understand where is this moment that we can build resilience. So as I said, the first major event in change is this idea of discontent. You'll grow increasingly unhappy. You're discontent with an area of your life, whether it be moving or in Jesse's case, their job. You hang in there. You tolerate, you ignore it, you repress it, or otherwise you deal with the circumstances because it is comfortable and familiar. And of course, you fear change. But then you reach this breaking point within that discontent. And you just, that discontent just builds high enough that you can't take it anymore. And you go, okay, that's it. I've made the decision. I'm ready to make the change. I declare. And as Jesse said to me, I'm going to make this the year of change. You will no longer tolerate this undesirable situation. So you take that first step toward change uh, by creating a word, as Jesse did, or a commitment. And now we get to our second part of the change cycle, which is fear. And this might sound familiar. Usually, shortly, or immediately after those feelings of empowerment, you encounter that fear. And fear is basically another word for saying uncomfortable and anxious about the idea of change. Remember that idea of transition? We were in our present state where we're, where we're things that are comfortable, but yet we're discontent. And now we're in that transition state, which is that uh, moment of that fear, that anxiety that builds up. You become uncomfortable. You start thinking about the future. Uh, you doubt your decisions. Uh, all the options look bleak. You feel helpless and empty. And instead of going to that future state or that new present state, 
you have that last part of the event here, which is amnesia, which is the fear of change grows strong enough that it makes the original situation look much better than you originally thought. You perceive the original situation as less anxiety that producing than to change. I'm used to it. It's comfortable. It's familiar. It's become part of my identity. In fact, this is even what Jesse shared. It's like, well, maybe I don't want to change my career path. This is who I am. So you resist letting it go. And you temporarily forget why you wanted to change so badly. So you backtrack. So if we think about the moving situation, you didn't actually make the move. You went back to that old place of residency. Let's talk now about resiliency. Because resilience is the capacity to adapt at each step. And this is the key word here. Each step successfully to deal with change coming out as strong, maybe even stronger than you were before the event. And strong just means really that you are reach a new level of comfort. It's a new behavior, a new habit that you've now done that. And the reason you're becoming stronger is because you've tested yourself at this moment and you feel empowered because you were able to move forward to that event. Um, th there's a Japanese proverb that says it really well about resiliency, and that is, and hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, it is nana korobi ya oki, a Japanese proverb that basically means fall down seven times, get up eight. Fall down seven times, get up eight. So the more resilient that you become, the less of an impact each of the events has on your mind and body. As you fall down seven times, you're going to get up eight. And each time you get up, you become a little bit more stronger. And that's the thing. Change is messy. So there will be obstacles along the way. But know that you can get up. And each stressful experience, uh, you know, does lead us into that. There's a cycle of confusion. Maybe there's some anxiety. And if you just stay within those feelings, you get worse. So you have to make a decision. You have to, this is where you do have to separate the emotion from this. And you have to make that decision to deal with those circumstances by problem solving and adapting. And that's how you develop that resilience. So resiliency really is what can you control versus feelings of out of control? What can you control versus feeling out of control? So for example, saying, I will commit to this step leading towards my goal of change, as an example versus I should change, I could change, I ought to, I would. So taking the shoulds, coulds, auto woulds, I ought to change, I should change, I would change, but changing that to I, what you can't control, I will commit to. And the thing here is, as we said about resiliency, is about taking a step towards that big goal. So it's not that you're taking a commit to change, I'll commit to um, maybe rewriting my resume or refreshing my, my LinkedIn. If, if it, as in Jesse's case, it's about, uh, making the change in their career. The other thing is community. Um, remember the ambassador program, uh, that we talked about. So who can you talk to support or even vent, uh, to be able to share those ideas? Because, uh, if not, it is just that sort of language in your head. It's that self-talk that goes on. We'll talk about that in a second and put an action into it. So don't just think about it. It's those small steps get, that you take. Each step that you take gives you the motivation to take the other step. Again, going back to Jesse, whose word for that new year was change, but that is too big. There's too many obstacles. There's no clarity. And here's the key point. There's no priorities. So it's very hard to build resilience. Now, Jesse's been working the same job for many years, working in fashion sales. They've never had the desire to be a manager. So that's not what they're interested in. They enjoy working with people and solving their problems in a creative way. So this is what's very comfortable for them. 
but at the same time now they're starting to feel physically um uh physically able to feel like like pain and uncomfortable about doing the work that they do. They're finding it very difficult to, to show up to work. They know that they need to start giving some thought about the things that are, they feel that are important to them. But what happens is changing too many things at once. So there's too many disadvantages to trying to change too many variables at once. It breaks your focus. So change requires resisting those well-established behavioral patterns, thinking about that, that discontent, which means that you'll be working the, against the unconscious, the automatic processes in your brains that are designed to make life easier. With change, basically, there is no exact start and there is no stop point. It's a process. So each step that we take, even if it's a relatively small step, is a step in the right direction that contributes to our oral transformation. But our biggest block in change is the story that we tell ourselves, the self-talk, which gets in the way of your ability to put the ideas into action. And let me share with you a couple of examples of self-talk. We'll give you three here. One of them is what we call the victim, which is uh, the self-talk that you give yourself, which is, oh, this is hopeless. I'm not going to make any progress. It's too hard. Uh, this is, I'm incapable. Uh, there's too many obstacles in my way. It's not my fault. This always happens to me. It won't, it won't happen for me. I can't. Then there's the warrior. The warrior points out that everything that can go wrong, so stirs up the emotions of anxiety and fear by imagining the disasters, expecting the worst, and overestimating the odds of something bad happening. So, you know, what if? <laughs> and then the case of Jesse, which is the perfectionist. And the perfectionist is afraid of making a mistake, afraid to fail. Mistakes and setbacks must be avoided. They need that external validation, that achievement, that status. It stops them from taking action. And they might be saying stuff like, I'm not good enough. I need to do better. In Jesse's case, Jesse was, feels that I'm not educated enough. So there's almost no point in doing that. So we need to recognize this, to stop and challenge it by taking these small steps. One of them is uh, I'm going to give, we'll give you two things here that we can do. And that is a rule of one, as in one action that I could take. And speaking of one action that you could take, let me give you a sub part of that, which is 1% of your awake time is about 10 minutes a day. So think about how you could take 10 focused minutes a day to be able to put those actions into place. So for example, talking to someone, about the change you want to make versus fretting about it. How much time does that take where you sit there and you just get into that self-talk? So get it out loud uh, and you might start to actually come up with some ideas as you say things out loud. Um, write down your thoughts as an example to get it off your, your chest, so to speak. But you know, on a personal note, let's just say it was about you wanted to get fit or lose weight, maybe taking 10 minutes the night before to set yourself up for success by preparing that healthy lunch or that breakfast the next day so that you're helping create those new habits. If maybe it's about getting fit, well then take a few minutes, lay out your workout clothes ready for you as you get up in the morning and it's all ready for you so there's no excuses. So you're setting yourself up for success with change by creating those new habits. And that's what change means, to create a new habit, a new behavior, and making it the new normal. If you think about it, 50 to 90% of our activities are habitual. Like, probably you've been eating the same breakfast for the majority of your life. Let me give you a quick example about brushing your teeth. If you are right-handed 
And if you brush your teeth now with the left hand for 30 days, you will become proficient at, at that. So how can, you set your, how can you set yourself up for success? Our last activity in building our resiliency here is something called a change resume. Uh, I would like you to take out a piece of paper and on the left side of the paper, um, break it down to three big events in your life. So your education or your youth, one, two, your professional life, and three, your adult life, your personal life. The education or the youth um, and the professional and the adults. Those are one, two, three. Next to it, you're going to write whether you uh, identify that as that happened to you or you initiated it. Describe the situation or the change. And the final box is identify anything that good that happened as a result. So, uh, for example, if it was education or your youth, maybe you think back to when you were a kid and you transferred to a new school and that was the situation. It happened to you. That was not your decision. Um, and what came out of that was that you found new interests, maybe new people, new friends, a new community. Your professional life, you got fired or you decided to, or laid off, or you decided to leave the current company. And the positive and this, you know, difficult transition period here is that you ended up discovering a new career path that you really, really loved. And then maybe in your adult life, in your personal life, it could be something as uh, starting a new hobby um, that you never thought you could do. Uh, I discovered obstacle course racing in my 40s. And I'm someone who was basically was non-athletic. And what happened as a result was that it was something I seemed to be uh, more or less came naturally to me and really surprised myself and gave me like kind of a new level of confidence. So thinking about that. Let's put this into our three stars, no trois étoiles, the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. So small steps, meaning that it's actionable. So fill in the blank, do like a little bit of Mad Lib. So I will commit to fill in the blank as part of my goal to fill in the blank. Number two, empathy. Change is difficult. Have empathy for the people on your team. Have empathy for yourself that uh, there is that period of stress and anxiety. And uh, these are the moments that we want to be able to uh, be empathetic towards ourselves and towards others. That change is difficult. And number one, that moment of fear, that's the place where you want to build resiliency. Don't backtrack. That's where you can challenge yourself uh, as you as you go, so you don't backtrack and go, what is it I want to accomplish here? Um, and so that I can move forward and remember why this was important to you. And now the next step, where can you apply this and put something into practice right away? Write down that change resume. Successful wins looking back is the greatest motivator on how you could deal with change. So if you're interested in learning more about change and how to deal with it, we have our course, which is change, how to deal with it, turning resistance into resilience. So go to greatcanadiantraining.ca and check out professional skills uh, for the change management course, how to deal with it, turning resistance uh, into resilience. You can also check out our free webinar, which will be coming out in June, 2023 on change. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and leave us a rating or review if you enjoyed this episode. Let's stay connected. Join us on LinkedIn at Great Canadian Training and Consulting. And if you want more free resources and our list of professional instructor-led courses from software to soft skills, then make sure to come on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. If you have any questions or comments on the show, we'd love to hear from our listeners. Email us at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. We'll see you next episode in our search for what makes a great communicator with our leadership and communication discussions and tips.